tonight I want to more, not only preach, or I actually don't want to preach or bring a teaching. And every week we come and we, we listen to a, a preach or a teaching or something like that. But more than that, um, now Brigitta made that. That's great. Thank you, Liffy. Um, but, but more than that, I think these times should be every now and then times of leadership. And ultimately, it is not the elders of the church that leads and builds the church. It is Jesus Christ who is the head of his body. And ultimately, we only, as much as possible, try to position ourselves to hear his voice. And each one of ourselves needs to position ourselves to hear his voice. And that he would build each one of us up into himself and, and, and follow him. So it's going to be more of a prophetic message this evening of something that I'm feeling for us, not only for now, but into, into next year. Um, and prophetic is not that thing that, I don't know, um, is very mystical about it. Basically, the, prof the prophetic in his nature is listening and speaking, hearing God and speaking his word. And to a large extent, every preach should be hearing what God is saying and, and speaking that. So, my name is Henry. I am one of the elders in this congregation, um, alongside Mac, and then also Godfrey, and then Leonard, that leads our team. Um, because of the nature of our congregation, we had to multiply into two of them. So, there's one at Rhenish and one here. Um, that's why the team is all over the show and trying to just keep it all together. Um, and I'm married to Brigitta, um, not to be associated with Pruvita, um, but Brigitta. <laughs> And we have a little daughter called Mia, and yeah, woo, it feels like every time I mention that, like, woo, all the girls, woo. Um, and yeah, so they are currently home um, trying to figure out how to make a baby stay alive, and she will return soon to church, um, but she does send her love, um, yeah, that's why two weeks ago she was here, she's going for it, and we said, Liffy, stay home, you're going to get trauma. Just figure out this baby thing, and how are we going to do it, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Amen. So, in this week, I prepared another message on the immutability of God. Um, not that God, yeah, who was it, Talana said in this week, is that means God can't be muted. No, it means <laughs> God can't be changed. And I wanted to speak a message on God can't change. But then I felt God changing my message and saying, Andre, keep quiet and listen to what I want to speak to my body. And I was one night lying awake, um, listening to a baby scream, and I felt God speak to me and said, Andre, mend the nets. Mend the nets. And so this evening we're going to speak about mending the nets. And it's more to do with something that is coming. But for us to take hold of what is coming, there is a process of taking hold of that and preparing to a large extent ourselves and the nets before we can move into that. And I see that throughout Scripture, for example, we are the Joshua generation church. But Joshua was a great leader, but before there was a promise made by God to inherit the promised land of God, but then there was a battle. It wasn't just as easy and going lucky, and they had to prepare themselves, they had to prepare their swords, they had to prepare the army, and then they had to take hold of the promises of God. And there was something of a co-working with God to take hold of that, and I believe for us, likewise, it's that. And 
I felt the Lord say, mend the nets. Firstly, speaking about broken relationships that's needing, needing to be mended. Secondly, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, Henry, wash the nets. Speaking about sin and brokenness within us that needs to be dealt with. And then lastly, I felt the Lord say, Henry, use the nets. Ultimately, that the Lord has placed gifted ladies and gents in our midst for His glory to come and not only keep the nets to ourselves, but that is the extending of the kingdom that needs to take place, but there's a preparation season for us. So I want to lay a little bit of a foundation this, yeah, tonight, and then we're going to speak about those three things in the three weeks to follow. Amen. Proverbs 29 verse 18 says the following, Where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. And there is a sense if we lack vision and we lack where the Lord is going and taking us, there is a little bit something in us that settles. Just like dust settles. But when we have a vision, and for example, when people come to your house, you know that that house needs to be clean. And you do everything and you dust off and you wash the dishes and you prepare everything because there's a vision of people coming. And likewise, I believe as God is preparing us for something, there's a preparation needing to take place within us. So let's read together Luke 5, verse 1 to, verse 1 to 7. I'll read from there. You said we, our translations doesn't link up, so I'll just read there with you guys. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, speaking about Jesus, to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon, also known as Peter, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and lay down your net, nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. We caught nothing. But at your word, I will lay down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to the partners in the other boats to come and to help them, and they came and filled both the boats. So the day began to sink. Firstly, I want us to read once again verse 4 and verse 5, and I want us to look at Simon's response to when there came a call. What was Simon's response that when Jesus spoke something or asked something of him, likewise, as God is leading us into something, we need to find or see in ourselves that there might be certain responses when the word of God comes. So we see in verse 4, And when he had finished speaking, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down my net. Initially, there was a reluctancy or a little bit of a hesitation from Peter. Jesus rebuked Peter many times in the Bible. He was quite famous for that, for the sentence, get behind me, Satan. But at this occasion, when Jesus heard a little bit of hesitancy in his voice, 
he didn't rebuke him. He didn't rebuke him. And I think there's something in the heart of Simon, although there was a little bit of reluctancy or a little bit of hesitancy, he ended up being obedient at the end. We find that he said, because you said so, God, I will do it. And I think likewise with us, when there comes a call to do something for God in your life, many of us, like myself, that hate change, go, okay, what does this entail, God? <laughs> Let me just consider my season. And there's a little bit of reluctancy in me because I don't like change. I don't like always just jumping in. I like to be calculated. I like to look at all of this. But we need to end up with a heart of faith and say, if you say so, whatever it takes, I'll go for it. But likewise, there was something of what Peter did here. He looked back. He looked back at the evening. They toiled. They've fished. There was a lot of effort involved. And likewise, as we're getting to the end of the year, you might be saying, Henry, can't you see that it is exam time? I'm like, okay, I, I see. And might something in our hearts might go when the voice of God comes. But God, God, it's almost November. Can't you see the great work that we've done throughout the year? Can't we see that our, our community group has grown? The church has baptized people. People got saved. And likewise, Peter, before he actually obeyed, just said, God, would you consider the amount of work that happened? And I want to say that when the voice of God comes to us, it will come sometimes very general to all of us, but likewise very personal. And what God expects of us, he will, he will take into account where we are at but it will not always be convenient. And I think it is many times designed that way because when pressure comes, what truly is inside comes out. And that's why you will find the, the Lord doing the greatest works during exam because pressure is being applied and what truly is inside starts to come out. I found out this past two and a half, one and a half month that I do not glow in the dark. I found out that I am not the brother of Moses and that I'm not that holy when I got a child because pressure was applied to my life and I'm like, it's not that I'm dying, it feels like my flesh is burning because I need to adjust and I need to do certain things but now I know there's work to be done. So I want to say, lastly, that Peter responded with a sense that, God, we toiled and we did a lot of work all night, but we didn't catch anything. And as we read the story, as soon as the voice of God came and they responded, fruit came. And in our own life, we will sweat for Jesus. We will do a, th a lot of things with a lot of effort, but it will smell like us. And works will be applied and you will be extremely busy, but no fruit will be shown. God, I've struggled with this sin my whole life and I've put boundaries in place and I've stayed away, but it just, it just comes. And then God just speaks a word and just steps into the situation. And all of a sudden there's grace. All of a sudden 
Afrikaans, genade het gekom. Genade. And all of a sudden, say, yeah, genade is weg. And it's like, what, what's going on? All of a sudden, you find freedom. It's because the voice, the voice came. Jesus came and stepped into a situation. Busyness with the, with the things of God does not equal fruitfulness. But, but obedience does. Let's move on. Verse 1 says the following. So the first point was, we need to look at how we respond to when a call comes. Next, verse 1 says the following. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God. Do you see that? Jesus was standing there and there was a crowd pressing in on him, wanting to hear his voice. And although we look outside there and we see more and more and more a generation becoming more hostile against God and it becomes darker, I want to say the world becomes more desperate. There's a desperateness for God. There's a desperateness in people to have truth, life, to have a way out of this world, to have that inner peace that Romans speaks about, that true peace can only come when you have peace with God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's a people pressing in in Stellenbosch for Jesus. There's a harvest ready for Jesus. As we look into this year, as we look into next year, I want to say we have a lot of work at hand. We cannot go into maintenance mode and park off to the side because there's a lot of fish and Jesus is, is waiting and he's working. We find Matthew 9 and um, Dom pointed out that um, or, or referred to that scripture. Verse 35 says, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I want to say, as we are speaking, Jesus is proclaiming. Jesus is healing. Jesus is having compassion on the people around us. He's looking at them. And then he says, I want to bring my laborers and send them into the field. That we can partake of actually a mission that is not only on, but that we can partake with them to be on. Matthew 28 says, Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples. There's a desperate world dying without God. And God says, I will give my people the privilege of proclaiming and giving them a ministry. Many of us are waiting for the day that you will have a ministry or a platform that you can preach from. The Bible says, no, 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 it's upside down. You have already received a ministry, and it's called the ministry of reconciliation the Bible calls it, so that we can go and reconcile people back to God, proclaiming Christ, proclaiming healing, proclaiming His name, and telling them there is forgiveness in Christ Jesus. I must say, I've 
spoken to Leonard also in this week, and both of us had this massive burden on our hearts, actually, um, for not only for Stellenbosch PM, um, but for us as well, but actually for the Church of Jesus Christ. We have a massive, like, a weight that's actually on us. And the burden is this, that people are no longer taking seriously the call of God. That there's something of a, just a lightness when it comes to the things of God, or when it comes to holiness, or when it comes to just God, and I'll later on follow Jesus, or I'll later on just do that and that. And it's, it's actually a burden that we need more people to take hold of everything that Christ Jesus is taking hold of your life for, our lives for, died for. We can't just take lightly the things of God. I don't think we need to go to an extent to become monks and disciplined to such an extent, but be free and serious at the same time. Say, God, God, my hand is up. God is looking through the earth and say, who will I send? Will he look into this congregation and say, who will I send? And you just, my hand is always up, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And sometimes the call of God is quite according to Scripture. Sometimes it's just like that. Any one of you want to take hold of God's promises? And then you go. It's not sometimes this. It's just, will anyone go? Will anyone just pick up the call of God? And I believe there's a call for us to take seriously what God has died for us for. Verse 2 and 3 says the following. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Jesus was actually, if you know the story and the context, what was busy taking place here, was extremely strategic in his ministry. So Jesus could have stood on the land and preached to the people. But then he looked back and he saw two boats. And he said, and he went, he climbed into one of the boats and he asked Peter to push him a little bit back that when he proclaims the message it would to a large extent echo from the waves into the people so his voice can travel further okay you see what he's busy doing here large crowd and he wants to have the best opportunity that the most people as possible can hear the gospel message and hear his voice i want to say that boat is the church Jesus Christ wanted to climb into the boat so that the, pro the proclaiming of the gospel would go further and beyond from us. The boat is the church. And I want to say there was two boats. And like I said, it's a prophetic message that we have a 4 p.m. and a 6 p.m. There was two boats. There was two churches. But as the proclaiming of the gospel went forth from one, they, they caught. Caught because God said, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. And what we see in the story is we needed, they needed more boats. 
they needed help. And I want to say, if we truly take hold of the call of God, we will always need more boats. We will need more local churches because Christ wants to echo the gospel throughout the world and show His manifold wisdom through the church, Ephesians says. It's through us. We are it. We, there's no plan B. We are plan A. That's it. There's no plan B in God's book according to Scripture. We need to get it right. We need to come and be connected to the head. And as the whole body is connected to the head and, and functioning properly, Ephesians says, we will be built up in love. And all of a sudden we start to see something of Christ reflected to the world. How will they know that we are His disciples? By the love we have for one another. We need more boats. We need more boats in Salambosh. We have 4 p.m., we have 6 p.m., we have a.m. We need some churches in Kalmo and in Kayamandi. We need more congregations because the harvest is plentiful. We need to say, Paul, come and help us. Somerset, come and help us. Brackenfell, come and help us because the harvest is plentiful and it's ready for us. And then lastly, that I want to end off with is verse 2 that says, Jesus saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. I just want to touch on, because we're going to preach into this, but just touch on for tonight what I believe God wants us to, to work on in this season. That this is not a parking off season. This is not a season that I will take hold of the promises of God if I have time again. If I... But now, when the pressure is on, God wants to say, let's stand still. Let's ask Him and say, God, where do you want to come and work during this time? The three areas, I'm just going to read it again, is mending the nets, washing the nets, and using the nets. The first one is mending the nets. It's speaking about broken relationships. As we throw out the nets trying to catch the fish. Many times when, when, when fishermen worked hard and there was a long season, you would start to see that friction start to happen as, a, as the nets hang over the boat or things start to happen or it gets caught in something. Something happens and the nets start to take strain. Relationships start to take strain and it starts to tear a little bit. So we need to regularly come back and say, God, is there broken relationships? Are there places that needs mending? Song of Solomon says the following. Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, for our vineyards are in blossom. I want to say as a church, our vineyards are in blossom. We're seeing regularly people come to Christ, regularly people being baptized, but it can be spoiled, not by the massive sins, because if somebody, a massive sin breaks out, everybody's there, they're helping, they're jumping in, and they're getting the elders, and they're getting the comm leaders, and they're doing all of that. But then we overlook the little foxes. It is the little foxes that, dest that destroys the blessing of God, that comes in when you don't see it, and it's like, yeah, but that's a little thing. That's a little thing. Maybe somebody just said a word a little bit too hard, and you close your heart off. Maybe somebody challenged you in a, 
not a very great way. Wisdom was not applied in that moment, and you took offense, and you pulled away. Yeah, such a legalistic church. I, I just didn't have a good day, and I didn't come to come, and then they came at me. Little foxes just came, and your heart pulled away. No longer you're receiving from that leader. No longer you're receiving the blessing of that whole community being able to build you up. No longer do you have the privilege of you sowing into that group. So they have lost the blessing of you. And all of a sudden, you've become what Proverbs would call a strong city or unyielding strong city. Proverbs 18, 19 says, A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. You just close off. You just close the hatches. You just pull up the, the walls. And all of a sudden, no blessing is flowing to you. No blessing is flowing from you. And broken relationships needs to be mended. So I want to encourage us. In our midst, God is calling us to unity. God is calling us to love. If somebody has offended you and say, I... I forgave them, but I'm not going to forget. That is not the heart of Christ. What if Jesus took exactly that same words? I forgive you. won't forget. won't forget. I'll just pull myself a little bit back. That is not the heart of Jesus. He is generous in giving himself continually. He has taken away our sins. He is washed. If there's something in our hearts, in our midst, maybe you are part of a group, Let's, let's go dig a little bit deeper. Let's go mend those relationships. Maybe there's broken relationships. As I'm speaking, you can't stop thinking about your parents. Something in you is just, I need to go fix that. There's something there. There's something of a, of a broken relationship there. God might be putting his finger to go fix again. Maybe friendships, whatever it might be. But let's hear when the Spirit of God is speaking. Amen? But we'll speak more in detail on that. That was just like, let's just take heed of that. The next one is um, washing the nets. And I just felt something of tying up with people taking seriously the, the, the call of God. Sin and brokenness. To actually apply ourselves to godliness. To give ourselves to reflect Christ more. To come to a place to, when last has God put his finger on something and you've responded and seen life flow in that area again? Even as I'm speaking, and I know the, spir the Spirit will be speaking. If I say sin, you think. When I say brokenness, you think. There's just something in us that responds to that because the Spirit is I've been speaking months on this, or weeks, or even just this morning. And I think one of the areas how we can take hold of the promises of God for our life is actually dealing with those things. The way, bless you, <laughs> the way God builds is not actually that much on our gifting. He won't take your gifting away. But it builds on character. If you look at the qualifications for elders, actually for deacons as well, there's very, very little. They must be able to teach. But that's also very limited. Not elders can teach well. Really. 
there's people that are brilliant, and then others that they can just come past. Like, yeah, well done, Henry. You quoted some scriptures. <laughs> but more than that, there's a sense of character, men of character. And all of us need to apply ourselves. It's not just to elders. Actually, if you go read the qualifications of the elders, that's actually just a basic Christian. Go read it. Don't get drunk. Okay, great. Don't get drunk. Be a husband of one wife. Okay, great. Don't flirt around. Very easy. It's very basic qualifications. And I just thought in this week, I was sitting with actually Bernard and Danielle. I'm going to tell all your hidden sins now. <laughs> I'm joking. And as we were speaking, we were, we were, we were speaking about um, a situation. And <laughs> in, in my life. <laughs> and what started to happen is I asked one of them, I'm not going to put them on the spot, to, to explain a situation. And they explained and explained. And every now and then I jumped in. I'm like, okay, but color that in. Quickly tell me about that and about this and about that. And, and I went for it. And in my heart, I was just trying to, to help them to get all the information, to put everything on the table so that I can hear the voice of God clearly to what was busy happening and apply God's word to that. Afterwards, Brigitte said, Liffy, and then you know. <laughs> then you know. And then my voice changed. What's it now? What, what, what did I do? And then I know. And then she said, it felt like, it just it wasn't what, like what you said. It's just like how you said it. It was, it felt like you were interrogating them. It felt like you were just going for it. And, and they know me. They, they probably didn't even feel that. They were like, yo, that's great. Let's ask this stuff. But in that moment, I, I, I knew that something in me, I didn't show a lot of empathy in that moment. I didn't reflect Christ fully in that moment. There was something that I didn't reflect Jesus properly. And I had to like, okay, I need to adjust. Because I said to somebody in this room, I'm not going to make eye contact with you. <laughs> a couple of days before that, and I know if I did what I did to them, because I have a lot of good relationship with them, but if I did it with this other person, they, they, they would have felt attacked. They would have felt like, what is, what is this? And I could have lost them from Jesus or from the church or from whatever God is calling them into. So I needed to work and I need to apply myself to this. It's not like outright sin. But there's something in me not reflecting Christ well and I need to adjust accordingly. And I'm speaking about small things here, but each one of us, how big or how small, we call to reflect Jesus one thing, and I'm throwing all my stuff out here. I can go all night. One thing that is one of my greatest giftings and curses at exactly the same time is I see the gaps. I do not need to take a long time to sit with somebody to see exactly what's wrong. To find, go down, oh, they worded like that. They missed out that information, so they're probably referring to that. And I analyzed the whole situation, and it just felt like, I can see it, but something of a brokenness in me is I want to fix everything, and I'm extremely critical then with situations. So every time I see something, I see it through a critical lens, 
And I see this needs to get fixed. And I sometimes get this savior mentality. Okay, let's just fix it. Let's just sort this problem out. Let's just go for it. And I hone in on this thing, and that might not even be where Jesus is at, but I'm there. Like, Jesus, I got your back. And I go into a situation, and I sort it out. But ultimately, good intentions can still be sin. Good intentions can still be sin because I'm out of the will of God. And personality got in the way, or my enthusiasm to love God got in the way, and I just went for it. And I still do. And then I need to repent. Like, oh, God was not even there. Maybe God just wanted to fix it. Maybe I just had to pray for it. Maybe I just had to leave it, not even pray for it. God was already busy. But then I jumped in. Because I'm the hero. And sometimes as a leader, and I'm speaking a bit more here to the leaders, we have that savior mentality within us. I'm not saying do nothing. Find God first and then do according to his voice. And then, and we're going to go into depth, and I'm ending with this. But I want to say, deal with the small little sins, but the big ones as well. There's things that you continually fall and bring things into the light. Deal with those things. Let's get on with the job. We can't get stuck in the mud the whole time. We need to get on running for Jesus. Amen. And then lastly, use those nets. And I actually want to take a couple of weeks on this, but let's see what next year holds in. But there's things that God has placed in you, spiritual gifts, natural gifts. There's gold. There's something that you reflect of Christ. And if we don't have you reflecting that area of Christ, we miss out. There's encouragers here, but you are shy. We need you to step up and start to encourage. Encouragers are like the glue of a church. For I'll be, I'm, I'm probably a little bit of an encourager, but I'm more like running, running, running. But it's so awesome to, to have Carmen like, you go in, Ray. It's like, yeah, and you can go for it. <laughs> um, but, to be, but to be honest, it is, it is such a breath of fresh air when people walk in their calling. Simon, another encourager, and we've known her since, uh, yeah, since before Josh Den days. We got into Josh Den technically through Bible school and things like that. But I always, I always said Simon is the, for me, in me and my household. <laughs> She's one of our greatest gifts as an encourager. She is always there to encourage us. She's the other day you manicured and pedicured and washed Brigitte's feet and you're ready for the birth. You can do it. I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I feel encouraged to do this thing. <laughs> like we can, <laughs> when you walked out, I'm like, where was my turn? I'm like, wash my feet, Simon. Um, but it's important. It's important for us to take hold of these things. There's many people, prophetic gifts. We need more people to step out, to take risks, to hear the voice of God, and to come and share it. Maybe we don't share it over a mic. It's okay. But the body is built up. Share it out there. Share it in your community. Host people. Activate. Gifts of serving. Gifts of administration. We need a lot of gifts of leadership in this body. It's lacking. It's lacking. We need more leadership in this body. We need people to move forward into the gifts of God. 
And I don't want to go on this, okay, I can do it, I can do it. Find God in all of this. Find God. We can't go on another treadmill and just run and sweat a lot and then we went nowhere. Find Jesus in all of this. Amen. Let's stand.